Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having an absolutely terrific, blessed day today, as always. And hope you guys are staying strong and healthy. And be sure to check out the website and the product of the week. You voted in it one, the Magnesium Brain Food Powder. One of the most popular products we have, you voted. It's on sale now starting today. It's product of the week, so be sure to check it out. And also take advantage of the vitamin C winter immunity sale we're doing right now for a whopping 30% off currently for very, very limited time only this week on the website at healthmasters.com. Be sure to check that out. And also, too, in uh, news that I've kind of found to be a little bit strange lately, we're hearing now that more of these – Power outages are starting to happen as far as where people are physically attacking substations. It apparently appears now counties up in Oregon and also in Washington state have now been seeing the same thing that happened up in Moore County. As you guys know, in Moore County, North Carolina, talked about it this week, they are still currently without power for about, I think, 35,000 residents. And uh, now the county has put out an official state of emergency curfew in place from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Each night, they're encouraged. No longer, nobody's allowed to be outside. Um, you know, this little bit of power outage for I think three days now, four days. Um, so this is interesting. However, that's a very rural area up there. I mean, I've been up there. I love North Carolina. Beautiful area. I was up there not just too, not too long ago, and uh, it's kind of interesting now. They're telling everybody, you know, you're not allowed to be outside or doing anything after 9 p.m. And then on top of that as well, the health department just issued. They said that the uh, in the paper here it says condition found constitutes an immediate hazard. If the immediate hazard requires emergency action in order to protect the public health, this serves to notify all camps, tattoo artists. In any food establishment with permits issued by the Moore County Health Department and operating without pre-approved emergency plans, hereby that those such permits are now immediately halted or suspended in accordance with GS 13-0. says you must cease operations immediately and cannot operate your establishment while your permit is suspended. Um, This is kind of strange because, you know, this has been like four days in. Uh, generally, you know, down here in Florida, when we have had significant hurricanes, some cases, you know, central part of the Florida, central Florida, other parts are out of food or out of um, out of power for weeks on end sometimes, sometimes two and three weeks. Most of the time, I think the longest we're ever out here was like seven or eight days. Um, but generally, the county doesn't step in and start saying that food establishments have to cease all food, meaning – if they even have a power backup generator, if it does not go along the lines with the pre-approved emergency plan that they've submitted, they're now halting your food license, which is kind of strange because a lot of times, and this has happened before, when the power goes out, you'll have different restaurants and food trucks, and sometimes they'll just bring stuff outside and start cooking and grilling and uh, making food for people and selling it. We have a barbecue uh, owner right down the street from us here at the office. He's got a real nice barbecue restaurant down the road, and he was doing that during COVID, basically cooking stuff at his house and selling it right from his house instead of having to go to the shop. And uh, it's interesting to me that Moore County has already tried to step in within a few days and start telling people what they can and can't do. Uh, while this power outage is out, seems a bit uh, Orwellian to me. It reminds me a lot of COVID, especially, like I said, 
if they were, you know, a month into this and it was getting pretty sketchy over there in Moore County, I may see them stepping in and doing something if it was really necessary. But like I said, the people over in that area are really resilient. Most people over there already kind of know what to do if the power's out because they already, a lot of them live, you know, in rural areas. Uh, so just thought I would throw that out there. It's very strange to kind of see that so abruptly and so quickly. On top of that with food, speaking of that, ironically, it seems like this is almost a different story every day that I bring up about recalls. And I'm only bringing this up not because I like Oscar Mayer ham and cheese loaves because, quite frankly, I don't think that's something you should really eat. <laughs> the sodium nitrite and the preservatives in that food are not really good. But over a ton and a half, 2,400 pounds, almost a ton and a half of Oscar Mayer cold cut has now been recalled to a possibility that it may have been cross-contaminated. The recall affects 16-ounce vacuum-sealed packages of Oscar Mayer ham and chief loaf products. They basically were informed that the product has been sliced on equipment that may have also been sliced on another machine without cleaning in between usage. Uh, there's been no reports of any illness or any cross-contamination that have actually happened. They're saying, though, if anybody does get sick, they need to contact the healthcare providers immediately and uh, notify the USDA if possible. And again, this is something that I've continually brought up. Isn't it ironic that you'll have a food product like this that, you know, literally, you know, Hundreds of thousands. Some some cases we've seen, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand pounds of beef. That's a, that was a real big one. Be fully recalled because something allegedly may have been contaminated in one of the batches. But yet we have a experimental injection that has documented from the VAERS report, which is usually only about one percent of the incidents, documented over two million severe side effects now from the shot with tens of thousands of people that have died directly from the shot, according to the VAERS systems, and yet we're still rolling out another booster shot now that they're saying is going to be here at the beginning of the year, another updated bivalent shot that they're working on. Does anybody else find that unbelievably contradictive that we continually recall food that may at some point have been contaminated but probably hasn't and nobody's got sick and there's no reports, so we're going to dispose all of it? But we have shots that we know are directly linking to myocarditis and blood clots and severe cardiac problems and a host of other health issues directly linked now. This isn't conjecture. This isn't just theory. There's direct evidence, including from the Florida Surgeon General in the state of Florida, right here in Florida. We've had the report released. There's 86% higher chance of cardiac death in males ages 18 to 39 after they receive the shot. But yet, hey, you still need to get your shot in order to be protected as bobblehead Fauci got on TV and reared his ugly face again to tell the American populace that the only thing you can do to be protected is to get tested every single day you're around people and get your shot before you go anywhere. The lunacy knows no ends, but again, this is why I bring up so many things that contradict themselves on a regular basis because it makes no sense when you really think about it. There's an article here that was brought up that I talked to you guys about yesterday from Dr. McCullough's on what was going on with the um, Dr. Colleen Banu, the Journal of Infectious Disease Research. I talked about it in detail yesterday. I read on it some more, and it was discussing in detail the aspect and theory of the vaccine mRNA carrying lipid nanoparticles spreading after injection throughout the body and actually spreading to other people. I told you I'd post that up on the website. One thing that's interesting about it is one of the 
articles they had here attached to it, one of the top five things, the top five things you can do, they said, in order to build your immune system and strengthen your immune system, they said the first one is doing some type of cleansing or fasting. We've talked about that here in detail with our seven-day colonic cleanse systems. I ended up doing one of those last year. Um, you know, you basically don't eat anything for an entire week. You have some, you know, vegetable broth and uh, you have some apple juice and stuff like that. And some people do for shorter and so forth. But, you know, cleansing out for a few days is always a great idea. If you want to do something not quite of invasive, you can use the GHI cleanse as you're fasting, you know, for a day or two and do a GHI cleanse fast that we have. That's really good. The second one on the list they had was high dose vitamin C therapy. They said intravenous vitamin Z therapy is the best way as far as to get maximum dosage. However, you can still microdose with vitamin C throughout the entire day with food in order to prevent higher, in order to increase bowel tolerance. I mean, you can get up to six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes 10,000 milligrams a day with oral vitamin C without any issues with the gut. That's one of the reasons why we have the buffered vitamin C or excellency that we use that's on sale right now. You can take a couple of those with each meal and continually do that with, you know, your four five, six meals a day. And get your body's blood vitamin C content very, very elevated, and you can continue to do that in most cases without any side effects that I have seen. Also, too, the third on the list here was parasite cleanse. It's interesting. They actually refer to Dr. Holga Clark's parasite cleanse, which, if you guys know, we have carried here for decades. It includes the black walnut, the clove, and the wormwood. acts very similar to the same way ivermectin does as far as with parasites. Very, very popular product, and it's very good to detoxify it especially if you have animals in the house, if you eat a lot of, you know, say like raw fish or sushi or you eat a lot of undercooked beef or you like steak and stuff like that, uh, it's always a good thing to do probably once a year and do a parasite cleanse. The next one they had on the list was vitamin D. Imagine that. The health publications, there's over 500 articles published on vitamin D as is most one of the effective ways of fighting the alleged flu or respiratory viruses because you have to have your D3 levels high enough to be able to fight off any pathogens that it get exposed to. And the other one is said on here. It's very important is making sure you're staying away from cheap vegetable oils. They said primarily most vegetable oils are made from GMO corn and GMO soy. These oils can have very, very horrific impact on not only your immune system, but also your digestive tract, causing massive inflammation, which can prevent you from absorbing the proper nutrients that you need. So staying away from those and replacing them with stuff like virgin coconut oil, the organic coke, uh, avocado oil that we've talked about before, extra virgin olive oil, those are all really good, high-quality fats that you can use and replace certain food items with and stay away from those really, really nasty vegetable oils that, like they said – Pretty much, for my research, I have not found any true corn oil or soy oil that's non-GMO. I mean, there may be one out there occasionally on a rare basis, but neither one of those oils are healthy for you, and neither one of those oils are ever, in my opinion, non-GMO. So again, something to stay away from, especially stuff like canola oil. Canola oil is one of the worst, derived from the rapeseed, unbelievably inflammatory, extremely toxic, primarily all GMO causes massive gut inflammation stay away from those but those are a few tips that you can just make on a daily weekly change to really bump the immune system up along with the vitamin c and d3 supplementation to keep your immune system strong right now because i've actually heard of a lot of people around here getting sick nobody's seriously sick but just kind of that common sick winter cold flu floating around and people getting sick for a couple days so just a few tips to bump people's immune systems up and again 
always do research and ask questions about stuff. If you're not sure about it, do some research and make your own your own informed decision on it, not just what some random doctor is telling you you have to do right now. Always ask questions. Always do your own research. What do you think, Dan? Oh, excellent segment, Austin. And in fact, I can't emphasize enough to stay away from corn, soy, or canola oil. They're just bad, especially soy oil. Uh, soy is bad. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, sometimes people feel they have to use it, but usually there's an alternative to it. But the reality is, it's one of those things that just really, really wrecks, wreaks havoc on your hormonal system in the body because it's a phytoestrogen. And any kind of soy products, soy milk, soybeans, any of that stuff just needs to be avoided. In fact, it can actually shift the brain chemistry from a young baby boy who was born as a basically left brain dominated hemisphere boy into a right brain dominated you know female brain using soy protein for a formula. It's bad. Soy is incredibly bad and should never ever be used. It massively stresses out the body, and uh, it'll give you. I've used I've used this example before. I'll give it again. I remember Sharon and I were at a health food conference, some kind of you know, whatever it was, I forgot what it was, years and years ago at the convention center over in Orlando. And I remember there was a guy set up a Vitamix blenders. You know, we sell the Vitamix blenders, best blenders on the market, period. You can put frozen bananas in them and not even bother them. They, they'll, they'll blend anything. And it was interesting because the guy was making this really good smoothie. And I'm all about it, man. I'm, I'm watching him put all this organic stuff in it. And I'm thinking, this would be, be a good drink. And then he takes like a cup, literally a cup of soybean, you know, protein, soy protein, and dumps it in there. And I just shook my head. And I looked at Sharon and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. And the guy goes, what's wrong? I said, that's a phytoestrogen. I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to put estrogen in my body like that. And he goes, oh, it won't hurt you a little bit. I said, oh, yeah, it's really bad. So there was a guy right behind us. It was so funny. And he had a tight white T-shirt on. And he literally, forgive me, ladies. I'm not trying to be insulting here. I don't know how else to say this. He had a set of C cups on his chest as far as the way he looked. And I looked at him, and the guy looked at me and goes, well, I eat soy every single day. and It doesn't do anything bad to me. I, I looked at him. I didn't know what to say. Sharon looked at him. She didn't know what to say. I just said, uh, okay, bud, whatever. And I just walked away. I mean, how do you, how do you respond to tell somebody they need to be wearing a bra? I mean, how, I mean it's, it's ridiculous, but soy is that bad. So, I mean, so just I've – got, I've got an article that I wrote that's on the website. You can Google it. You actually go to healthmasters.com website. Just pull it up. It says the soy turn little boys into little girls. And don't you think that hermaphroditic agenda of the New World Order, don't you think they want you to use soy for little babies? Don't you? It's, it's, it, it wreaks havoc with the hormonal system and proper cellular differentiation, especially in utero when the mother is pregnant with a child and using soy proteins and using foods that contain you know, estrogen compounds for growth hormones. You, got, you can't be doing that when a woman's pregnant and with a brand new, brand new baby. The best thing to do with a baby as far as formula is to breastfeed the child, period. There's no – other substitutes is anywhere near as close. Goat's milk, we have the goat's milk recipe, is pretty close. That does a pretty good job. But the soy, no, no. You know, I, I laugh about Similac, and I always say, well, the reason they call it Similac is it lacks everything. And it's just don't, don't be giving your kids stuff like that. Find a way to breastfeed. It's really, really important. Or use the goat's milk formula that we developed in the office with our three children. Very important. Now, there's another article here, so we're doing some stuff on health today. Study is now linking eating lots of ultra-processed foods daily with cognitive decline. This is UPI. An association now has been proven and exists between people who obtain a higher percentage of their daily energy from ultra-processed foods and suffering cognitive decline, a large study with long-term follow-up released on Monday suggests. Over 58% of the calories consumed in the U.S. 
57 of the British and 50 30% of the Brazilian diets come from ultra processed foods, scientists say. That includes sweet and savory snacks, confectionery, breakfast, cereals, ice cream, sugar, sweetened beverages, processed meats, and ready to eat frozen meals. I would, I'd say zero on all of those. Study participants at the upper end of ultra processed food consumption, for whom the daily energy percentage of contribution of such foods was above 19.9%, showed, listen to this, a 28% faster rate of global cognitive decline, a 25% faster rate of decline in an executive function, their mental skills used every day to learn, work, and manage daily life. That's compared with people who ate no ultra-processed foods, or if they did, say below 19% threshold, over a follow-up period of the average eight years. The findings were published in the JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association in Neurology, and while eating Ultra-processed foods have been linked to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, of course, metabolic syndrome, yes, and obesity. Few studies have investigated the association, association between such food and cognitive decline in high-income countries. So a team of researchers led by Natalie Gonglavis of the Department of Pathology in Brazil set about to investigate the association between the ultra-processed food consumption and cognitive decline among 11,000 participants. So, you know, it's funny, it's interesting when you look at this, you realize that basically these types of foods are really bad for you. Now, let me stop for one second and go back. You know, 100 years ago, we didn't have processed ultra-foods like this, 150 years ago. It was all farms. We were an agrarian society in the United States before the Industrial Revolution, and we had, you know, farm fresh foods that we could bring to the table every night, every day that were brought to the local grocery stores from the local farmers, and we had the ability to eat organic food. Remember, 150 years ago, there were no pesticides. They didn't have all this stuff. They didn't have the artificial chemicals and fertilizers and all the stuff they spray on the crops. And we had a really good life extension, life, 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 life expectancy in the United States. And the sad part about this is, is that, you know, we, now we had a high infant death rate we did have that from infectious diseases etc like that but as far as if you made it through childhood you pretty much had the ability to live pretty long and now they're saying that our you know average life expectancy has gone up and up and up and now one of the things that you got to look at though on this is the 60 million abortions the united states has the highest infant death rate of any industrialized country period the leading death in children age 14 other other than accidents is cancer period we've got a lot of kids that die at a very young age in the united states when you skew the statistics and you and you kill 60 million people, children before they're born, what ends up happening is you skew the statistics upwards. If you keep if you take a high probability, a high statistically accurate group of kids that are basically being killed through abortion, that makes the population get older because those children wouldn't have died in childbirth or with cancer or with sudden infant death, etc. So you skew it out. I actually did the math on this a few years ago. Looked at statistically, and when you when you normalize that, what I found from a statistical standpoint is that we don't live longer than we did 100 years ago. Period. It doesn't happen because we're skewing the numbers intentionally by the abortion rates. Now, people can argue that if they want. Don't do your own math. Show me where I'm wrong, and I'll be happy to read your study on the show, and we can correct it all. But the point is this: you've got to understand that when you eat ultra processed foods, you massively increase your risks of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and Alzheimer's disease is very important for this because Alzheimer's disease is a real problem in the United States with millions of people now having come down with Alzheimer's disease. You know, I'm 67. My brain still works as well as it did when I was 20. I mean, I read every day. I eat very clean. I take the magnesium brain food. It helps keep aluminum chelate out of my brain. It's very important to take that because of the chemtrails and all the stuff they spray in the atmosphere to reflect sunlight supposedly and all the other things they do. So so important, and they put a, a alum in the doggone water supply if you've got a municipal water treatment center near you, and then so you have aluminum put into the water supply. 
All of that stuff is going into your system and your body's having to filter it or store it in your body, including your brain. So make sure you eat clean all the time. I personally like organic rotisserie chickens with organic vegetables, and I put a little bit of mustard with that. I, I, you know, I heat it up. I pre-cook, have it all pre-cooked. I heat it up with a little bit of mustard, a little bit of chipotle seasoning, a little bit of salt, a little bit of mustard, and then I also put some uh, some pesto with it, some fresh pesto, and it, it tastes absolutely wonderful. And people say, "Wow, this is really good." Well, that's one of my primary staples of my diet. It's a super ultra clean diet that you can really maintain weight on very, very easily. What you can't maintain weight on is pizza and ice cream and dairy products and cheese. You're going to gain weight, period, if you start hammering pizza. Pizza's like taking a fat pill. And, I, you know, Austin, I knew a chiropractor in Winter Haven. Great guy. Brilliant man. Well, he weighed 500 pounds. And every day he would go out to lunch. And literally, I can't remember, he ate one or two large pizzas every single day to maintain that body weight. And like he drink like a half gallon of soda. And finally, his health got so bad and his joints got so bad that he ended up having to retire. And he had some type of insurance program, whole life program that would pay him in the event that he was physically disabled to work. And they had to pay him. He actually retired in his either 40s or 50s because he simply couldn't stand up and do chiropractic adjustments anymore. And he was a great chiropractor. He's a brilliant guy. He said absolutely no discipline as far as his personal life on his diet. Brilliant, man. Absolutely brilliant. But the sad part about it is, is that how many other people are like that? You know, what I do every day, and I mentioned, I mentioned this to you repeatedly, and I'll say it again. Every single morning I get on the scales. If I'm up a pound, I lower my intake that day. I get back down to where I need to be. If I'm up two pounds, like after Thanksgiving, I lower my intake a little bit more for the next couple of days so I get back to where I need to be. And I log in my weight every single day so I remember what it is. So I always log in with my workout protocol for that day. That's how I maintain my weight. And people are always saying, well, how can you stay so thin or how do you stay in such good shape, you know, at 67? Well, I take the supplements. You know, I take the HGH Stimulate. I take the vitamin E. I take all the different things. that We've got a bunch of things like Tongat Alley and Testa Plus and things like that that really help to push testosterone if you want to do that to help maintain lean muscle mass. And maintaining lean muscle mass as you get older is, is tough without taking supplements that help maintain testosterone levels. I'm just telling you it is because your body doesn't feel as though it needs those types of, you know, muscle masses anymore because you're no longer in that quote-unquote cycle of your life where you're having kids, et cetera, et cetera. And so it starts to decrease those hormones. Same thing is true with women with menopause. And, of course, men now we know have menopause for men. So I think it's called man pause or whatever they want to call it in which the hormones start to decrease. So don't be allowing your body to go through that you know, at a younger age. And you can avoid that by eating clean. That's why I want to read you this article today about this, this information on cognitive decline because I tell you, I talk to people that are on, that are on statin drugs. I mean, they, it's like they took a memory erasure pill. They can't remember anything. And you know, and I talk to people that are on high blood pressure medicine, and these guys basically are the best way to say it, so are impotent because of the high blood pressure medicine. So there are all kinds of drugs out there that could be you can use natural protocols and eating clean and taking supplements that'll do the same types of things the drugs do without any horrible side effects. So always remember that, guys. You got to always remember there's certain people out there that don't want you to be healthy. Same globalist, same group. You already know who they are. And and they because remember, a sick, debilitated Christian group of people that are sick. And that's one thing the, the Baptists are terrible about. They always have these fellowship meetings and they all want to all want to sit around and gorge each other, you know, on junk food. And they're all staying sick all the time. I, I have a friend of mine who's got a Baptist church. And every time I go to that church, every single time, people are coming forward for heart disease, diabetes, cancer. I mean every single time. And I, and I tried to do a seminar there. In fact, one night I spoke, and I tried to do a, a bigger seminar there, and absolutely nobody would listen. Nobody wants to hear the fact that there's certain types of foods that are going to kill you and really decrease your cognitive skills and massively increase the risk of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. And that goes right back to the Bible, doesn't it? 
Remember in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, God said, you know, we want you to follow these laws. You know, and you know, if you don't follow these laws, you're going to be cursed, and you're going to have all these sicknesses and diseases come upon you. But if you do follow the laws, you're going to live long and have a prosperous life, and none of these diseases will come upon you. He says you have to choose life or death. You have to choose it. And then all of a sudden, he says he gives you. He, he even gives you the cliff notes from God. He goes, choose life. <laughs> I guess I guess they weren't listening. I guess they never did. They kept sacrificing their children to Baal and Moloch and to Asher and all the crazy foreign gods they were worshiping. Even Solomon set up high places in the hills to worship, to worship, send this, to put the, the, the children of Israel to the fire and sacrifice them to Moloch. I mean, so this is the primary reason why God had enough and scattered the ancient ancient Israel people because of what they were doing in their lifestyles. They chose the sacrifice to idols. That's why yesterday I talked about being obedient to God and obeying his commandments. And please listen to the show from yesterday. It had a real strong anointing on it. But guys, the food is so important to you. It's like a medicine. That's how you got to look at it. Food is like a medicine. It helps to maintain healthy blood pressure. It helps to maintain blood healthy blood sugar. It helps to maintain the top mental acuity. It's, it does all those things. So eat clean and be healthy. That's one of the CD series that we did. And guys, it's so important that you understand that if you eat the right foods, you're going to be a tremendous example. And I'm going to say something that's going to probably make a few of you mad. I'm not trying to make you mad. I pray for you this morning. I love you guys. It's very difficult for a sick, obese Christian to win a healthy sinner to Christ. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty hard, wasn't it? But it's the truth. I mean, when you're a Christian, they need to want to have what you have. They need to want to be what you are. They want to say, wow, look at that guy. You know, you can see the power of the Most High God radiating through him. He's glowing. He looks amazing. He looks great, or she looks amazing. She looks great, rather than wow, they claim to be a Christian. You know, can they can can they not push away from the plate? You know, they weigh 350, 400 pounds, and so it's very, very important to understand that. And so, guys, it's so. One, well, I'm going to say one more thing. So I've already got it right. Mad anyhow, so I might as well finish it. It aggravates me when you have Christian pastors that weigh three, four, five hundred pounds in the pulpit. It really does. And, you know, and so you know they're gluttonous, and the Bible talks about being gluttonous. Just push away from the food. Eat six small meals a day. If you want to weigh 180 pounds, use 1,800 calories a day. It's 300 calories times six. If you want to weigh 120 pounds, if you're a lady, use, you know, 200 calories six times a day. Eat smaller meals throughout the day because it prevents the body from spiking the insulin with the excessive calories and storing those extra calories as fat. Really important to kind of graze all day and eat small meals instead of sitting down at night eating a 3,000-calorie meal and then go to bed on it. I mean, what do you think is going to happen to all those extra calories? They're going to be converted by the insulin to the body fat. So always remember that. One, one quick question here. I'll turn it back over to Austin. One more, one more comment. It was just sent to me a minute ago. You know, we have all these transgender story hours and these guys coming in and flashing their genitalia you know, to people and the children who are there. Well, Kurt Cameron. He's denied. He's a Christian. He used to be a Christian actor in Hollywood. Now he's a Christian fully. Pretty much been banned by Hollywood. He is denied story hour slot by a public library for his new faith-based kids book. So they can basically teach your children about transgenderism and flash genitalia at them, but he can't bring a children-based faith book in there. With the children's new book out that celebrates family, faith, and biblical wisdom, actor, writer, producer Kirk Cameron cannot reach scores of American children or their families in many U.S. cities via the public library system because over 50 public libraries have either outright rejected him or not responded to his request on his behalf. A story hour program for kids and parents connected to this new book releases and an activity that many libraries typically present to their patrons and communities. 
many of the same libraries won't your camera slot. However, actively offering a drag queen story hour or similar programs for kids and young people, according to the camera's book publisher and according to a review of the library's websites and current program listings. Some library programs promote gender fluidity, inclusion, and diversity. Others offer name changes clinics for older teens and adults who want to alter their official paperwork and for gender identity studies. And Brave Books Cameras Publisher showed, shared details of the story hour request and the rejections received date with Fox News digitally exclusively this week. You know, and the sad part about that to me is these kids need to learn about faith-based programs. They really do. They need to figure out exactly what needs to be done and how their lives need to be handled properly. But here we have a person like Kirk Cameron who basically says, I want to try to help these kids. And he's told no. And it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs of what's happening and how badly it's happening and how efficiently it's happening all over the country with these public libraries. Awesome. What do you think, buddy? What's your next story? It's really frustrating. That's irritating to hear that story, to be honest with you. I mean, because it, it's not uncommon anymore, but we've seen this happen. It's become so prevalent, and it's blatantly obvious what the agenda is. They don't want any Christ-centered information at all. They don't want any books talking about Jesus. They don't want any books talking about anything that's even moral or biblical or ethical, pretty much. But yet they'll let grown men dressed up in some type of very perverted attire talk to young children about being trannies. And uh, that's frustrating to me. And it shows you a very harsh reality of where the United States has fallen to now. That I mean, that's and if you think about this for a second, that story you just said. If you said that story just 20, 25 years ago, you would have seen an upheaval and just literally probably almost violence to some extent where people are saying, what in the world's going on with this? You can't talk about Christ in a library, but you can bring in tranny men that are cross-dressers. This doesn't make any sense. Why in the world is this even being allowed in the first place? And it, I mean, it, it would have been a giant, giant, giant debacle for them trying to play this off. But because, again, like I talked about yesterday, political correctness and people being so nervous to offend anybody and the amount of backlash that the mainstream media has done so effectively at making anybody that questions the narrative pretty much a neo-Nazi racist skinhead grandma killer. If you question anything, that's automatically how you're categorized as that they've made so many people self-censored. I mean look at what they've done now as far as how much control they have over the media. I mean you got – Zelensky now apparently I saw an article earlier. He's time of the year. Cross-dressing, music, video, tight-wearing pervert President Zelensky, who, by the way, was the first person to shut down every single media outlet in Ukraine when the war started, only allowed one state-run media to be open. Let's say it shut everything down. He's fighting for democracy. I'm like, he's not fighting for anything. What are you talking about? He literally just became the tyrant of Ukraine overnight because he wants to control the narrative over there. And I told you guys what's happened over there. It's one of the largest weapon trafficking and money laundering schemes we've ever seen. But yet, time of the year, put it time out of the year, fighting for Ukraine. He's not fighting for anything. He's a complete and total globalist stooge that got put into place because probably all the other weird cross-dressing stuff he's done that wasn't on camera. Just going to throw that out there. That's my opinion. And so this is what the media does, though. Now we're seeing these articles that are continually coming out. Now we saw the revelations from Twitter, which we already knew. But now you've seen a lot of the emails, if you guys have seen that, where, I mean, you literally had – the DNC and the Biden administration before the election, the Biden campaign, they were literally sending emails to execs in Twitter and to the leaders in Twitter saying, 
here's files, here's links, here's, here's URLs. We want all these pulled. We want all these people banned. And literally, Twitter would respond back with handled, done, complete, handled. Anything they wanted pulled down, they pulled down immediately. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter how conservative, how patriotic, how Christian, how accurate, how truthful they were, done. Pull this article down, pull the URL down, pull it. I mean, complete and total stooge is what Twitter turned into. But we already knew that. Now we got the revelations from Chan, the FBI senior CISA, CISA official that now basically went under deposition, Elvis Chan, found now that FBI plays a huge role in working with all social media companies to censor speech. Oh, imagine that. We've been bringing that up for years now, and now it's a full-blown revelation. From weekly meetings with social media companies ahead of the 2020 election asked to take down accounts, stated under oath. Chan personally said the social media companies that they could potentially be any type of Russian hacker leak and they were allowed to shut any platform down, any account down could be banned. Those meetings initially started monthly, then weekly, then daily in the head of the 2020 election. He stated the FBI regularly sent social media companies list of URLs and social media accounts that should be taken down immediately before disinformation. The FBI would then inquire whether the platforms had taken down the content. This was the DNC doing this. This was the FBI doing this. This was basically the Biden campaign doing this. They literally are operating and running social media. He just admitted this. So when I say the social media platforms are being completely and totally controlled by the deep state, there's accuracy behind that. And guys, this is literally just the tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water. There is a gigantic iceberg under the water that's way bigger than this because what they're not saying is, and this is the research that I have found and I've heard from numerous people that have been involved in some of this stuff that I can't really bring up. The CIA and the NSA work jointly and monitoring all social media posts. They are some of the ones that come in, and so the FBI is the head of coming in now and saying, we want this pulled down, we want that pulled down, we want this pulled down, we want that pulled down. We want everything controlled. We want the entire narrative to do what we want it to do. Well, then the CIA and the NSA, they're the ones that go in, and they build the algorithms, and they monitor and watch how everything's moving. So stuff flags up, and they say, listen, we've got 80% of these posts are being hashtag Hunter Biden laptop. This story has to go away right now. It's getting too much traction. We've got to do damage control and not let people think this is actually truth that's going out right now. And so they're the ones who run the back end logistics of the social media platforms in order to direct them in the direction that they want. That's also why they have certain stories that come out that go on mainstream media. And one thing that I found that I was reading an article about this and it said memes live or basically grow or kill no news stories that are narratives memes and they said once they realize that a story comes out and everybody starts making copious amounts of jokes about it in memes everybody starts laughing about it and turning it into a giant spoof the story is effectively dead in the water it has no place to go so this is why they've worked so hard to make memes now disinformation or hate speech and they pull down memes as soon as something pops up when they start making fun of Ukraine. Remember all the stuff started having Ukraine? 
No. All you saw were trolls and bots go, we support Ukraine. I've got the Ukraine flag on my account now. Everybody knows I'm a Ukraine sympathizer, which means I'm a good person. Where's Ukraine on the map? Well, I'm not sure where Ukraine is on the map, but I've been told by the media I've got to support Ukraine because it's it's what we do. And if you don't support Ukraine, you're a neo-Nazi racist skinhead. You already know this. You have to support Ukraine. I'm like, but why? Well, because they said you have to support Ukraine. But it's the third most corrupt country in the entire world on Wikipedia. Ukraine it says that on Wikipedia. Not even, not even bringing up any other conservative or truthful post. They're saying it's the third most corrupt country in the world. Oh, that's irrelevant. That's erroneous. It doesn't matter. We have to support Ukraine because we're told to support Ukraine. And I'm like, okay, well, you have fun with that. Let me know how that works out. Now we're, what, $63 billion entrenched in this war that we're not even involved in? Turning into the largest arms trafficking debacle we've witnessed now. Now we got African presidents talking about all the machine guns and weapon platforms aren't even staying in Ukraine. They're all coming to Africa to destabilize Africa. Oh, but remember, you got to support Ukraine because it's science. This is what the mainstream media has done so well in making sure they have social media being controlled and monitored by the FBI. Now to take it a step further, you now have the World Economic Forum – excuse me, the World Health Organization with the World Economic Forum are now meeting to go over a version of the proposed international pandemic treaty to tackle false, misleading misinformation or disinformation to be legally binding under international law. And they are talking about managing infodemics. Now I heard this term. I didn't know what this term meant. It's because it's not a real term. It's a phrase that was actually created by the World Health Organization, infodemics, and it describes too much information including false or misleading information in digital and physical environments during a disease outbreak. The WHO literally came up with their own word, and what this means in a nutshell is anything that comes out that they don't want to be talked about like intravenous vitamin C or high doses of D3 or ivermectin or anything like that. They label it as a infodemics that needs to be managed, meaning there's too much information or it's false misleading information that's in too many troves to handle, and it's going to confuse people and make people be confused about what's happening. That's what they mean. So they're going to be the, the gatekeeper, so to speak, of handling infodemics. Now, ironically enough, the WHO's a completely unelected international public health agency that nobody seems to know how anybody gets in those positions. Anybody's asked that question. They're not on a ballot. They're not operated by a government. They just get put in this position now. Oh, this guy is the director of the WHO. Oh, this guy is the basically operation manager of the WHO. But they're right beside the World Economic Forum. They're right beside the IMF. They're right beside the globalist boys as the international health organization that nobody seems to know how they have so much power who they get elected to. That's why I remember I told you guys at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, when they first started talking about the WHO saying what everybody needed to do. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What, 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 what authority does the WHO have to start shutting down anything? And then the CDC started parroting exactly what the WHO said. And I said, what authority does the CDC have to shut down anything? They're not an enforcement agency. They're a research tech agency that's like got a 501c3 corporation that's a nonprofit attached to them and also a for-profit that they can take donations from other countries, but also a government agency that gets money from the government. It's, as weird as that whole spider web thing is that they're involved in, I said, they're an enforcement agency. The CDC can't come out and say you have to wear a mask out in public or else you're going to be arrested. 
You can't say that. They don't have the authority to go in and shut down cruise ships. Now, they can run their mouth and make stupid comments like you need to wear three masks because it's science. Everybody has a right, I guess, to make really, really idiotic, stupid comments. But then we have a right to label it misinformation too, correct? Right? <laughs> if, if, they, if, if they get to go in and say everything's misinformation that they don't agree with, well, we can say the same thing. Well, that's misinformation because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of all year. Okay, cool story. That's what we can say about that. But this is where they're starting to go with it here. And as you start to see things start to change very rapidly, you've noticed just in the last couple of years, you've seen so much just push and control and basically control, complete and total try to dominate what people say in alternative media and mainstream media. And this is why our show and other shows like ours, it is so important to get this truth out there because everybody – has a right to hear their own version of what they want to hear. They can hear anything they want. They can hear both sides of the narrative. Everybody has a right to hear that and make your own informed decision. But when you start saying only my side is able to be heard, only my side is able to be talked about, only my side is able to be discussed, nobody else, no other opposition, no other rebuttals even allowed to be heard, much less spoken about. That, my friends, is full-blown tyranny. I have said it, and I've said it every single time on the show. Do your own research. It's okay if you don't believe me. I'm always open to rebuttals, and I'm always open to people coming in and saying, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. But I think I've researched this, and you probably are right about this, and I've looked at this, and there's some accuracy to this. That's totally fine. You're not going to offend me. I don't care. You do your own research on it. That is your right, and quite frankly, that is your obligation as an American patriot to come to your own conclusion. So again – be very cautious right now because there's a lot, a lot of stuff out there that's trying to cut down on any and all free speech. And it's funny how they bring up when certain people make comments, oh, it's all about free speech. You can't, you can't, talk, you can't impose anything on their free speech. And then at the same time, they go, oh, well, the, you, you can't say this. That's misleading or harmful information. So where is the line drawn with free speech? Are we reaching a point now to where if it goes into the line of offensive – it's no longer free speech. If it goes on the lines of contradictive, it's no longer free speech. If it goes on the lines of we don't like it because it makes us feel sad and we have to go to our Play-Doh room and rub our dogs because we need a safe space, it's no longer free speech. Where is the line going to be drawn to where people are going to stop complying and self-censoring themselves because they're told it's something you can't say because it's offensive or it makes somebody feel bad? Or I simply said I don't want my children going to a library where a grown cross-dressing male is in tights exposing himself to children. Well, you can't say that. That's offensive. No, I can say that all I want, and I will say that all I want, and I will do that all I want and not allowing my children to be exposed to that type of perversion and pedophilia. So again – where are people going to start standing up and speaking? I know our listeners do it. I know we do it on this show all the time. I know I do it in person all the time. It's time that Americans start getting very vocal because that is one of the most effective things you can do. And one of the easiest, quite frankly, things you can do is exercising your First Amendment right and showing people, hey, there's topics that you may not like. There's topics that you may not agree upon, but – we are going to have discussion on them. If we don't have a discussion on them and you don't want to have an open topic on them, then clearly you're pro-tyranny and you're pro-suppression of free speech. And at that point, we already know where your head is and we know where your heart is and we know who you're going to support in the next coming communist regime as they're trying to take over everything. What do you think, Dan? 
Well, the, the communist regime that's trying to take over everything is already here. It's pretty much already done it. And, you know, it's sad. I mean, I, I mean, it really, really, really is sad about what they've done and how they've come in and, and just taken over the, you know, our God-given rights and basically says we can't have them anymore. In fact, John Whitehead had a really good commentary, and he says the Constitution has already been terminated. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to read this, and I thought about it today. I'm going to read it. I thought it was pretty good. He goes, if there is one point on which there should be no political parsing, no legal jockeying, and no disagreement, it is for this. For anyone to advocate terminating or suspending the Constitution, <clears throat> Donald Trump is tantamount to a declaration of war against the founding principles of our representative government and the rule of law. And again – one could well make the case the Constitution has already been terminated after years of life support, given the extent to which the safeguards enshrined in the Bill of Rights, adopted 231 years ago as a means of protecting the people against government overreach and abuse, have been steadily chipped away, undermined, eroded, whittled down, and generally discarded with the support of Congress, the White House, and the courts. Now, you know, he's right about this, by the way. I mean, what they've done is ridiculous, and it was bad enough before 9-11 and the Patriot Act. And it was so funny. I had so many people, guys, that I was so opposed to going in, you know, and attacking Iraq and, you know, and Kuwait and the Kuwait war and all the rest of it and the, and the highway of death and all the other stuff that I even talked to General Schwarzkopf about you know, before he passed away back in the 90s. And the crazy part about all of this stuff is I warned and warned and warned people that the Patriot Act was basically the exact same paperwork that had been done with Germany called the Enabling Act that allowed Hitler to come in and usurp the Constitution of Germany, the Constitution of Germany after the Reichstag fire. And and this is the craziest thing that, you know, people don't study history. They wouldn't know that. A fifteen hundred page document that was put together in a couple of days, a couple of weeks or whatever. No, it wasn't. It was already sitting there waiting to go and ready to go. And and it basically took away our rights, you know, as far as what they could could and couldn't do for us. Let me give you an example. Here's what Whitehead goes on to say. We are in the grip of martial law. We have what the founders feared the most, a standing or permanent army on American soil. De facto standing army, army is made up of weaponized, militarized domestic police forces who look like, dress like, and act like the military, are armed with machine guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment, and are authorized to make arrests and are trained in military tactics. One. We are in the government's crosshairs. The U.S. government continues to act as a judge, jury, and executioner over populists that have been prejudged and found guilty, stripped of their rights, and left to suffer at the hands of the government agents trained to respond with the utmost degree of violence. Consequently, with the mercy of law enforcement officers who have absolutely no discretion to decide who is a threat, who constitutes resistance, and how harshly they can deal with the citizens they were appointed to serve and protect. With alarming regularity, unarmed men, women, children, and even pets – are being gunned down by government standing army of militarized police and who shoot first and ask questions later. Remember Obama started basically killing people with drones, American citizens with no legal precedent whatsoever? I mean he did that if you remember. We are no longer safe in our homes. The present menace comes from the government's army of bureaucratized, corporatized military SWAT teams who are waging war on the last stronghold left to us as free people, the sanctity of our homes. We have really no real freedom of speech it's where they're headed. We're moving fast on a slippery slope to an authoritarian society in which the only options – in which the only options, ideas, and speech expressed are the ones permitted by the government. This is corporate cohorts. We have no real privacy. We're being spied upon by millions and millions and millions of cameras and listening equipment installed in your home, even in your appliances. You know, we have a domestic army of government stitches, spies, and techno warriors. The government peeping toms, watching everything we do, reading everything we write, listening to everything we say, and monitoring everything we spend. 
beware of what you say, what you read and what you write, where you go, and with whom you communicate because it's all being recorded, stored, and cataloged and will be used against you eventually at a time and place the government's choosing. We are losing our right to bodily privacy and integrity. The ability of over-bodily integrity covers broad territory ranging from forced vaccinations, forced cavity searches, forced colonoscopies, forced blood draws, and forced breath alcohol tests to be forced DNA extractions, forced eye scans, and forced inclusion in biometric databases. These are just a few ways in which Americans continue to be reminded that we have no real privacy. We don't longer have a right to private property. The government's agents can invade your homes, break down your doors, kill your dog, damage your furnishings, and terrorize your family, and your property is no longer private and secure. No due process. The groundwork has been laid for a new kind of government where it won't matter if you're innocent or guilty, whether you're a threat to the nation or even if you're a citizen. What will matter is what the government or whoever happens to be calling the shots at that time. By the way, it's always a cabal of interference. They're always calling the shots. They'll be up to them and what they think. And the powers that be think you're a threat to the nation and should be locked up. Then you'll be locked up with no access to protections that our Constitution provides, including what just happened in D.C. in January 6th when these people are being held without bail for almost two years now. We are no longer presumed innocent. The burden of proof has been reversed. We are now presumed guilty unless we can prove our innocence beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. Rarely are we even given the opportunity to do so. The government has embarked on a diabolical campaign to create a nation of suspects predicated on massive national DNA databases, lost the right to be anonymous and to move about freely. At every turn, we are hemmed in by laws, fines, and penalties that regulate and restrict our autonomy and surveillance cameras that monitor our movements. We no longer have the government of the people, by the people, for the people. In fact, it's the government of the basically special interest groups. And the Kabbalists and State Street and Vanguard and BlackRock, look at Governor DeSantis not capitulating to Disney, giving their Reedy Creek status back. In fact, a study conducted by Princeton and Northwestern University concluded that the U.S. government does not represent the majority of the American citizens. Instead, a sound government is ruled by the rich and powerful and the so-called economic elite. Moreover, these researchers concluded the policies enacted by the government elite nearly always favor the special interests. We have no guardians of justice. The courts were established to intervene and protect the people against the government and its agents where they overstep their bounds. Yet through their deference to police power, preference of security over freedom, and evisceration of most basic rights for the sake of order expediency, our courts become the guardians of American police state in which we now live. As a result, sound judgment and justice have largely taken a backseat to legalism, statism, and elitism, while preserving the rights of people have been deprioritized and made to play second fiddle to both governmental and corporate interests. I see that I have a friend of mine who's attorney. He's a court-appointed defense attorney. And he, and he, he told me in Austin the other day that 99% of the people, they couldn't prosecute them or find them guilty if they just kept their mouth shut. They actually confessed to the police on their body cams. They confess on all these things they're talking to police about. Remember, unless you're under arrest and you're Mirandized, anything that you say before that, it's admission. It was is admissible in court. So you 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 gotta if you get stopped for a traffic ticket, the only words that come out of your mouth are, uh, "Here's my driver's license." Um, how fast are you going? I don't recall. Why did you do this? I don't recall. Don't recall. There's nothing wrong with having a faulty memory. Just don't recall. You have exactly how fast are you going? Well, I was doing somewhere between seventy-five and eighty-five, but I don't recall. You know, you don't say that. It's just no, I don't recall. That's it. And keep your mouth shut. And if they start asking you questions, I'm sorry. Love to have pizza with you if you'd like. We can order it in right now. Have it come delivered here. But I can't talk to you without my attorney present. I'm, I'm lowering, lowering up. I'm getting – I want my attorney present before I answer any more questions. And when you do that to you, when they do that to you, 
it pretty much stops everything because at that point in time, they can't even ask you any more questions. They're done. You've lawyered up. So keep your mouth shut when you, if you get stopped for anything or charged with anything. Just don't say anything and don't start running your mouth and confessing to everything. Really, really important. I've got another friend of mine who's an attorney here. He's been practicing for 30, 40 years, and he told me, he said, if people would just learn not to say anything, he said it would be so much easier to get these charges dismissed because they have no real proof if the person doesn't confess in most cases. Just thought I'd mention that to you. And we now have been saddled with a dictator for life. Wow. Secret unchecked presidential powers acquired through the use of executive orders, through the Patriot Act, degrees, memorandums, proclamations, national security directives, and legislative signing documents and statements which can be activated by any sitting president now enable past president and future presidents to operate above the law and beyond the reach of the Constitution. But we've done it to ourselves. We have absolutely done it. The powers that be want us censored, muzzled, silenced, gagged, zoned out, caged in and shut out and shut down. They want our speech and activities monitored for any sign of extremist activity, and they want us to be estranged from each other and be kept at a distance from those who are supposed to represent us. They want taxation without representation. They want a government without the consent of the governed. They want the Constitution terminated, and Donald Trump just called for the termination of part of the Constitution. For all you Trumpers out there, just just thought I'd mention that and find some way you could actually find some positive spin on that, Mr. Q and Mrs. Q and Mrs. Who still believe Donald Trump's in charge and running the country from Mar-a-Lago? What a mess! Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. He is the answer. He is the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. You know, you and God, God plus one. It doesn't make any difference. You, when you have God on your side and you're covenant with Most High God through a blood covenant with Christ, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you guys. Remember to love one another, protect one another, pray for one another. I appreciate you guys. I'll finish it up and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And this is why I continually encourage everyone to speak about things, bring conversations up, talk to one another about things that are going on and make open topics about stuff. You know, this, I got an idea about this. Or I got an idea about this. What do you think about this? And when you do that, it's much more easier to understand things. And it's also much more cordial because as we see now, this concept of, you know, being able to talk and speak freely is slowly eroding. And one of the reasons why it's slowly eroding is because people refusing to exercise it. The left, the communists that are running this show right now, this isn't their first. This isn't their first, you know, game. This isn't their first rodeo. They've done this numerous times. They just they're obsessed with controlling and dominating other people. That's what they live for. It's because they have no peace. They have no fulfillment from Jesus. So all they do is want to do just debilitating, horrific things to people and dominate and control everything. They're they're sickos. They're complete total sickos. So are you going to let sickos and perverts and weirdos tell you what you can and can't say, what you can and can't do? Just don't throw that out there. You make your own decision on that. Also, too, and kind of another humorous story, <laughs> famous YouTuber Tyler Hoover now has put another blast on the F-150 electric lightning vehicle as apparently they live up in the snow area, and uh, they have found that the F-150 lightning is virtually useless at 30 degrees outside. He went to take his daughter to school. He had a 149-mile range that was on the truck. And uh, he ended up going a whopping 64 miles before it basically started going into critical uh, critical range. <laughs> he started with 149. He drove 64 miles, and it was down to 10 miles of range by the time he got home, meaning you literally have to charge that truck every single hour in cold weather. And then to take it a step further, they contacted Ford about this, and Ford said, well – 
we recommend when you're at a charging station during cold weather, you make sure you do not run the vehicle's heater. That chews up more power. Uh, so, you know, you need to make sure you're, if you're sitting in the car charging, you know, and it's 30 degrees outside and you've got to sit there for 20 to 30 minutes while charging, uh, you know, you don't run the heater because it won't charge as fast and it'll use more power up. So I have to stop almost every hour, hour and a half in this type of climate to sit and charge for 20 to 30 minutes while I then have to sit there and freeze my butt off in the vehicle because if I turn the heater on, it won't charge as much. Man, that sounds uh, sounds like a successful vehicle in cold weather, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, golly! But hey, remember, it's totally green. If you do this, it's 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 you're gonna you know you're gonna save the planet by driving an electric car and charging every hour, sitting in cold weather. Because you know, it's my opinion. It kind of seems to be the <laughs> the leftists are about making people as miserable as possible. Well, they succeeded with this. So, just something I thought I would throw out there. I think some of the EV technology I've told you before it's cool from a novelty item standpoint. It's fun if it's something you're going to drive around like a golf cart around town, you know, and charge it when you get home. But any true level of workforce with these vehicles, which they're originally designed to do, I mean, I know guys that have F-250s. They've put, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles on them towing all over the country. I don't know how you're supposed to do that when you have a range of like, you know, 100 miles with a trailer on these trucks. Just something to think about. So, again, get informed before you make a decision, especially on vehicles. Thank you again for your support of Health Masters continue to speak the truth if you need anything healthmasters.com the magnesium brain food on sales product of the week and also be sure to check out the joint relief formula buy one bottle get the second bottle completely free on the joint relief formula right now the uh, that's running a special we have expiration dates next year on that product we need to move some of the inventory so buy one get one completely free on the joint relief that helps out with joint inflammation joint pain management really really effective product along with the vitamin c on sale for 30 percent off lots of specials going on right now as always stand up my friends for freedom and truth y'all have a blessed safe awesome night i'll talk to you again tomorrow as always